Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good Wednesday morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope your day's going well. It's a little murky and gloomy and stuff like that going on outside, out of doors, here in in the greater Austin and central Texas area. I will tell you this. Here's reason number 8,972 for preferring to live in the greater Austin, Texas area than, say, New York City. Um, it was in the 30s and raining throughout the day yesterday, including when the basketball game was over last night and there was a sprint from out at the loading dock area at Madison Square Garden to the team bus through driving, pouring rain. Get on the bus and you're dripping like a drowned rat. But good to be back home. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be home again. It was a late, 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 late night turnaround. A little bit, little bit of a travel log thing to tell you about when when we get to... uh, uh, well, I, I, in fact, I could even tell you now. It doesn't even really belong in Inconceivable, so I'll, I'll tell you about that. Um, so a turnaround that got us back in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, Jeff Howe is on his way back from New York, so uh, he will be out today. Uh, but our producer, of course, is here, erstwhile though he may be, and always at the switch, purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX, because after all, in the final analysis, it's Flex. He's... Jonathan John Donaldson, J. J. Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How's your day going? You doing all right? Good. Yeah, it was a crazy day yesterday, like a holiday with the all-flex finalist mm-hmm. uh, releases. But I closed strong and did a doubleheader of hoops, and I saw four really good teams last night. Yeah? Which ones did you see? I went to, I started mm-hmm. with uh, Hutto versus McNeil. Okay. Uh, uh, Coach... Uh, Grant Caraway. He's a really, uh, nobody really knows about him, but his name his name needs to be said. He's an incredible coach. Uh, so Hutto, there eight wins already this season, mm-hmm. and then I ended the night Maynard versus Rouse, two great programs. Of course, uh, Coach Swain is now the athletic director overall at Maynard, and he uh, hired a John A. Smith away from Northeast after his two successful year stint with the Raiders. And he did a good job. Maynard ran away with the win. And I unearthed, or I don't know if I unearthed, but a lot of people found out about it. And this is what is so exciting about Flex because I'm hitting the, the ground and I'm finding out these storylines. And I had no idea Ray Jackson of the Michigan sure. Wolverine, yeah. LBJ Austin. Sure. I, he has a son, Ray Jackson the third, and he's a baller. Uh, he plays for Maynard. He's a junior. And they got a really good squad. But uh, I saw his face. You can see in the facial structure, Ray, although he probably looks more like his mama. And he has, like, this wild, crazy – because, you know, Craig, I you see 
us cool hairdos more than anybody with the hoopers. Yep. Because you do. Uh, they got so much swag. I mean, UT in particular, but uh, but Ray Jackson the third. Watch for him, son of Ray Jackson of, of Michigan fame, and uh, yeah, it's getting a lot of love on social media. That was uh, fun to find out, and uh, I'm ready for hoops. Yeah, well, I mean, it's cool to see uh, some of the unique hairstyles. You want to see a unique hairstyle? Take a look at Deanna Gaston on the Texas women's team. You know, uh, you know what? Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Bullock for the Mavericks. Yes, Reggie Bullock. Reggie Reggie Bullock yeah. with that hair that they yeah that goes straight out front yeah. and then some of that back. Alfred I mean, Payton started that hairstyle. Okay, but anyway, Linda used to call him unicorn because of the way it went out you know up front and now but he he largely wears it in the back now right now. Yes. Um, Deanna doesn't have that, but she's got some other things working, and it's 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 pretty creative to see on that. How do they do it? I'm like that must honestly take most A while, of their, right? their life. Because, dude, I'm like, Arterial <laughs> Morris is another one because yeah. he puts in crazy colors. Yeah. And so, yeah. anyway, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. I don't know how I got on that <laughs> tangent. Okay. Anyway. You were oh, yeah, talking Ray about Jackson. high school basketball. Ray Jackson, yep. the third. A cool hairdo and, and good hooper, too. Uh, we had our all-flex team finalist list announced and released yesterday. You can go to flexatx.com uh, to see the list of finalists. It'll be next Tuesday when we unveil, release, announce – the all flex team, the the one center, the one quarterback, the two running backs, the four other offensive linemen, the four defensive linemen. Anyway, it all will be announced, released, whatever next week. But you, my friend, you'll be pretty busy tonight over at Waterloo Ice House, right over here around the corner from us at three sixty and twenty two twenty two. I will. I, I've been so busy and wrapped up and actually covering it I, that all I know is where I'm going and. And what we're doing. Yeah, on that particular day. You yes. just know where you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm excited about that because uh, to see the kids and to be able to tell their stories on air is, is going to be fun. Sure, absolutely. So that is tonight from 7 to 9, uh, special program. And, and uh, come on out and uh, meet a large measure of the finalists. Not not all of them are able to make it because there are, after all, state semifinal games involved with some of those guys. And, uh, and so they're a little bit tied up with what's going on with that. But... Uh, a large measure of them will be yes. out there tonight. Some do have exams, so I have heard. That's you know, the other thing, a couple, too. You know, because school first, always. Sure. Family, uh, faith, and don't get an F. Yeah. Um, so think about this. Um, uh, first of all, uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, Snoop will have top five players to watch this week for the state semifinal round of the playoffs. That's our Whataburger top five. This being a Wednesday, Tony Salazar, Westlake Chaparral's head coach, joins us. It's a Westlake Wednesday. Uh, so... Uh, Tony will be with us in studio as he is during the course of the season. So he'll be joining us here uh, in a little bit to talk about Westlake's Final Four matchup with Galena Park North Shore. You want to talk about a matchup of giants, uh, those, those two. So uh, we'll visit uh, with Coach Salazar coming up. Uh, we do have a Longhorn Notebook this hour. We'll have a more extensive one next hour where we hear in detail from Chris Beard from the postgame show last night about the game that got away from Texas. There's, that's just the best way to put it, how they let it get away from him, and he would be the first to tell you that as well. So we'll have, uh, obviously, some more details on that. We have a Flex 30 update next hour, and so uh, Snoop, are you you good with some um, with some computer thoughts? Yes, I, I'm emotionally prepared. Okay, well that's good. I'm glad you're emotionally prepared for that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have that uh, next hour as well. So, 
all of those things still to come. But um, uh, right now, why don't we jump right into it with our Whataburger Top 5. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 players to watch. Now, we're kind of dwindling in terms um, uh, of, of players to watch because hmm. how many teams are left? Well, there's enough teams to give you players to watch this week. Correct, Snoop? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We, we could have one team. I would have you five. You know, the Waterburger top five with ties. Yeah. So just so you know, so in case we only have one team make it a state. Okay. All right. We could potentially have none. So you know, that's it, I, I'm humble about it's it. It's entirely possible. I'm very All humble about. It. All right. The top five players to watch this week's new bar. Four way tie at five. Wow. Okay. And they all play on the same team, and they're all in the backfield for Liberty Hill. This has got to be a, a, a first. A four way tie with all from the same team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go Ahead. All right, and and I'm going to put. You've it, got a very good reason for this, by yes. the way. Yes, and and I'm going to put it in. You know, you know how I like to be equal, uh, but I'm going to put it in in an order uh, that I think of importance. Okay. Ben Carter. Yep. Jackson Mixon. Okay. Jack Pitchford. Yep. Luke Miller. Okay. Those are the four running backs that are going to try to replace Noah Long and and Joe Pitchford at halfback and fullback. Yeah. So the the. Kind of pick up the pace of it. Yes. And try to do that for them. Okay, and, but uh, Ben Carter is the guy that I've been uh, I've been talking about him all year. And Jack Pitchford is a freshman, but all four of those guys. All right, number four is a junior. You've heard about Cody Stover, mm-hmm. all flex finalist at quarterback. You heard about Johnny Ball, his yep. five touchdowns. But have you heard about Noah Birdsong? He's number nine, uh, leads the team in receiving by a full 300 yards. Uh, he's a dual sports star. He's a junior. He's going to need to have a big game against uh, the Quero Gobbler DBs, which have been solid this year. Yep. Uh, number three, I would name him area defensive MVP today. Okay. O- overall. Vandergrift. DB Alex Foster. He's had a great year. He leads the freaking Vandergrift Vipers, which are stout on defense. Everybody knows this. 60-plus tackle margin between him and number two on the team. Yeah. This guy, he's on one. So (laughs) watch for it. You can't help but watch, but see number eight because he's going to make a play. Uh, Against KD, he's going to be tough. Number two, Westlake. Defensive lineman, Texas commit, Colton Vosick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's number two all-time on the Westlake sack list now. He's uh, right behind Nick Morris, who had he was a former KD player and had an incredible two years with mm-hmm. Westlake. So incredible that he was a sack leader, Craig. Yeah. So he's about to pass him if he can uh, do it against North Shore, number two. And my number one player, going back to Liberty Hill, uh, quarterback Reese Vickers. Career high, 240 rush yards, three tutties for a very unselfish guy. And uh, he might have to be a little selfish uh, this week to get it done against uh, PNG. There you Whataburger go. Top 5. All right. There it is, our Whataburger Top 5 players to watch this week. Before we get to the break, can we have our first Longhorn Notebook yeah, of uh, this particular hour? One Longhorn this Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender and uh, your uh, home loan expert. Check her out on the web at BowerSockTeam.com. That's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. BowerSockTeam.com. Um, this, uh, the game that got away from Texas last night comes down to two or three different things, and we're going to hear Chris Beard talk about it next hour. But I, I know folks will zero in on 
the uh, missed front end of the one and one by Tyrese Hunter. That was certainly a problem. And uh, also, they'll uh, zero in on, say, Marcus Carr going three for 14 from the floor, not hitting a, a three-point shot. And again, these are things that Chris Beard will get into uh, on the show uh, or in the post-game interview you'll hear. But for me, I saw the game in front of my own eyes slip away from me uh, and uh, in at about the midway mark of the second half. Texas had an eight-point lead at 58-50. There were, by my count, I'm going I'm to go back and, and really confirm this on the play-by-play sheet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this was the case. They had five consecutive empty possessions where they could have expanded the lead beyond eight. On the sixth possession, they did. They got it to 10. That was the high water mark. But then Illinois made its run. And when you review and you go back, and again, that's something I asked Coach Beard about in the postgame, he feels that maybe that's where the game got away from him. Between 10 minutes to go in the game and eight minutes to go in the game when they were up 58-50 and had five straight empty possessions where they could have blown the doors off and, and blown it up. Didn't happen. And they wind up losing. So we'll, we'll have more of that uh, coming up uh, next hour with our Longhorn Notebook. All right, uh, coming up next, we visit with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales, when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Horn and. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way with you back in town after last night's game at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Texas basketball falling uh, in overtime to Illinois 85-70. One more on that uh, coming up. And like I said, next hour we'll hear uh, from Longhorns head coach Rick Be- uh, 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 Chris Beard. Hey, uh, these uh, are good times. As <laughs> we were just hearing uh, the song there. It's good times uh, for the Westlake Chaparrales and to be uh, a fan of the Shaps or connected with the Shaps as well. And we're always happy to be connected to the head coach who joins us here in studio each week uh, for our weekly conversation brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Tony Salazar is not only with us, he, he was kind enough to uh, join us late Saturday night on High School Scoreboard Live. <laughs> I, I always feel a little bit, uh, uh, a, a little bit, um, I should say, uh, uh, unsteady, so to speak, when we're asking coaches to join us. And and they've had some six man coaches join us like well after midnight. At least they got to you early. But I was glad you did that and glad to see you again this morning. Yeah, yeah, great to see you guys. Thanks for having us in again. And and obviously, yeah, it was a pretty cool deal to be on scoreboard extra. And obviously, I, I think the the. I think those are easier when they're Friday night games, you know, because it's only about an hour after the sh- after you're actually playing in the it's game true. and, you know, getting into your office or getting home. And so, obviously, we played in the afternoon last week, and so there was a little bit, of, you know, a few hours between the end of our game and the end of that, and that show came on. But what a, what a great experience. What, uh, what a great performance by your guys uh, last Saturday. Obviously, we're ready to go, came out of the gate and just and came out firing against a really good Brennan team. Right, it was really, really good to see. Obviously, our football team, obviously, uh, forty-eight to seven, forty-seven to seven, kind of you know tells you a lot about the game. And uh, I told our kids that could happen. You know, if we, if we practiced right and if we played in all three phases the way we're capable of playing, I said we could beat a really, really good team. All right, convincingly, and they did that. Obviously, we started off hot early on special teams and on defense. I think our offense started with the ball on the plus side of the field probably the first three times of the game. 
And obviously, anytime you do that, you get they're sitting there on the front porch, you know, ready ready to go score. And so, uh, we we're able to get some touchdowns on the board early. Uh, and then obviously from there, defense uh, kind of just you know, uh, or Ben not Ben don't break mentality. We had five turnovers in that game. Uh, you know, uh, Will Maggots had two interceptions in the end zone. Denham Collins had another interception. Uh, they were our two defensive players of the week last week. So three interceptions between the two. I think Denham had about ten tackles to go along with his interception. So out of the cornerback room, there was a big big game for the Chaparrales. And then you go to offense, and obviously. Uh, we did. A, they did a great job of stacking the box and trying to take away Jack Kaiser. And when that happens, there should be opportunities in the passing game, and uh, we were able to hit on those. And uh, Brad Mays, uh, outside senior receiver, had a tremendous game. Ended up having two touchdown catches. Uh, Brett Skinner ended up uh, obviously with three touchdown passes on the night. Uh, outstanding job of Brett stepping in. Uh, the ball was on target every single time he threw it. Uh, he ran the ball well with his feet. Uh, I was really pleased with with his uh, decision to pull it down and run at certain times. And he took care of the football, and that's what we got to have from our quarterback. Uh, quick injury update. Uh, you told uh, media yesterday it is your thought, it is your feeling that, that uh, you could, if not should, you could uh, have Jaden Greathouse ready to go on Saturday afternoon. Is that is that the way I understand it? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, we take it day by day with Jaden, but uh, everything is on track for him to play on Saturday. Uh, you know, he's one of the toughest kids to ever come through our program, and, and he'll leave with um, the most starts of, of any Westlake high school kid to ever play at Westlake. I think he's at 59 right now. Wow. 59 starts for a high school football player. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, we broke his string, his streak last week of 59 games started. So uh, he never missed one to this point. And so that says a whole lot about Jaden and about his durability, about his toughness. Uh, and I think last week was more a little bit of a precaution. Had he needed to go, I think Jaden Grade has been the first one to, to jump to the front of the line and say, Coach, put me in. But I think collectively as a, with our medical staff and with our coaching staff, we decided it was best to see if we can win that football game without him. Yeah, and, and found a way to do it. We've, we've talked uh, quite a bit about Blake Dunham and what he does for your special teams and things of that nature. Uh, what I'm curious to get from you is I've heard head coaches talk about uh, their offensive units kind of being – uh, when they get like a well-oiled machine, it's almost kind of like they could run the whole thing themselves. And on the same thing on the defensive side, is it like that also with special teams? And I mean, they've got to know whether pump block is on or pump return or things like that. But guys understanding their assignments and being able to just have it be second nature without having to be coach, 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 coach during the course of a game. Yeah, I mean that's we take uh, a lot of pride in our special teams at Westlake and, and Coach Dunham. Our special teams coordinator does an outstanding job of having those kids prepared every single week. Uh, our, our game plans are very multiple in special teams, which I think is very is different than most high schools. A lot of people may have one kickoff return. They may have one punt block and one return. Well, heck, we got about three or four punt blocks every week. we got about two or three different returns. Uh, you know, we have multiple kickoff returns. We have multiple kickoff teams, coverages, and, and, and layouts, uh, you know, pre-snap. Uh, a lot of those things, they show up with us when we, we watch. We kick off the football to opponent, and they fair catch. We had nine kickoffs last week. They fair caught eight of them. And the one they returned, we hit them and caused a fumble. So when you talk about domination on a kickoff unit, it's hard for an opponent to game plan and to prep for all those different things they see, kind of like a multiple offense or a multiple defense. There's a lot of time has to be invested in making sure you cover your basis and all those different schemes. Um, so I think that's first and foremost. Our kids are obviously very, very smart. Uh, we meet every single day on special teams, every single day. Um, and so we don't we give it the attention it deserves, and I think the attention we've given it has obviously turned into a bunch of great results. Well, you bring up a great point because. 
coaches will tell you sometimes when you got a finite amount of practice periods and practice time and kids availability, the the the, the one end of the game that kind of gets shortchanged if they have to trim stuff off becomes special teams. But obviously, you and your staff value that as much as you do your offense and defense to give it its equal opportunity. Yeah, we. I mean, we just say it sets up your offense and defense, and it's obviously. Uh, you know, our one of our main goals every single week is to gain possession for our offense three plus three or more times on the plus side of the field. So we want to give the ball to our offense with you know forty nine yards to go, forty yards to go. Um, in our offense, that we're pretty much in four down territory when we start the drive, and so obviously that's a you know uh, puts our offense at advantage to kind of be playing downhill because the end zone's right there, not having to drive eighty yards every single every single series. Uh, obviously, that helps our scoring and production. Then, obviously, like I mentioned to you, our kickoff team, that makes them, on the flip side of that, when they start drives, they're having to go 80 and 75 yards to go try to score touchdowns on our defense. So, um, very, very important, very, very crucial to our success at special teams. Um, and, and, obviously, we've had some tremendous players along the way uh, do some amazing things. We've, we've had eight or nine block kicks. We've scored probably eight or nine touchdowns on special teams. Uh, so not only are we just we, we lining up and out scheming guys, we're actually getting a bunch of good results. Um, when you one thing that Steve Sarkeesian has talked about is that he's got so many guys, name brand guys on offense and defense who want to be a part of of special teams that that are definitely interested in being on special teams and and some of them get on there. I think of a guy like Roshan Johnson. It's on just about all of. Do you have that same kind of demand from your? offensive and defensive skill guys that want to be a part of special teams? There's no doubt. I think every one of our players want to be. I mean, you look at it, Jaden Greathouse is on three special teams. Keaton Quebeca is on three special teams. Judson Crockett might be in every single one of them. Um, you know, our starting defensive end, Brett Mays and Brad Mays, the twin brothers, one starter at defensive end, one starter at receiver, are on three three special teams. So uh, there's no doubt we want to put our best players on special teams. Uh, and I think the thing about special teams, it kind of combines the offensive and defensive units. You know, a lot of time we spend a lot of time separate. Defensive guys doing their thing, and offensive guys doing their thing. But when we come together for special teams, it doesn't matter whether you wear a white practice jersey at Westlake or a blue practice jersey at Westlake. We're all playing that teams together, and and obviously special teams is a great opportunity for for role players on our team that may not be the starter. Maybe they're a backup on offense or a backup on defense. Uh, special teams allows those guys to to get in there and make some plays and build some confidence in their coaches, obviously, to, to give them some of those reps maybe on offense or defense. Visiting with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales here on Light the Tower and the Horn, Craigway, and uh, Snoop Daniel. Coach, I can ask you like a thousand questions. but uh, oh, so, so did Brad Mays drop the Lee off the Bradley Mays? I'm just... Uh, that's just one of those in-house okay. things. We did, we shortened it for him, probably. Just checking. Yeah, okay. we shortened it for him. Want to make sure... Okay, Denim Collins reminds me of Prince. Okay. <laughs> okay. Does that? I don't know. Like his demeanor, what he talk because he's so dominant, but also he's so well spoken. Yeah. Did you feel me yeah, on that? Yeah. There's no doubt. Can, can you talk about that? Like, I mean, he, yeah, he's cool, calm, and collected. You know, I mean, that's that's who Denim is. He's, uh, you know, he's he kind of got a little bit of a quarterback kind of mentality. Him, he's never too high and he's never too low. And you got to have that at cornerback. I mean, there's times obviously they got great players and great great uh, quarterbacks and great receivers. There's times this year they're going to catch balls on us, you know, and, and you can't let one obviously ball being caught on you turn into three or four. You got to turn the page and be ready to play. And like I said, Denim, um, you know, he's our man to man guy. He's the guy we put on their best receiver, wherever that guy may be. He's our guy that uh, we put in a lot of um, run four situations where as a corner, you got to be able to tackle, you know, and not just cover men. And so 
He's our little kind of Swiss Army knife that can do both, play some man-to-man coverage. And obviously we like to use him in the run game as well. And we, You see Denham blitzing off the edge quite a bit, at least two or three times a game. It's one of our favorite calls. So uh, tremendous football player. He's consistent. He's there every single day. Uh, you know, somebody's going to get a great football player next year. One more. Yeah. No, take your time. I know you've got uh, a few. Okay, Go so I watch Nick Morris play. Right. And, and by the way, he, he is from uh, Connecticut. I was thinking about Quebec, who's from Katy. But that, so anyway, so in two years, he became Westlake's all-time sack leader. You were the defensive coordinator, so you saw him. Now, Colton Vosick is right behind him. Any comps between those two? You know, they're they're both very, very <laughs> – Talented physically, obviously they both have you know the, the dimensions, the size. Uh, Colton obviously being six five, you know Nick Morris was six three. Both of them probably Colton's probably two thirty five, two forty. Nick was probably two twenty five. So their size is very similar. Colton might have him by a couple inches, but you know the biggest difference is position. You know, uh, you know Colton's coming off the edge as a defensive end, and, and Nick was a middle linebacker. Um, but the way they play the game, the physical nature with which they play the game, I think that's that's pretty dang spot on and close. And I sure hope that uh, I love me some Nick Morris. What a, what an awesome kid he's what playing awesome. at Duke right now. Uh, was a great addition to our football roster. But uh, I'm sorry, Nick, but I sure in the heck hope Colton Vossett breaks your record this weekend. <laughs> and 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 we'll get into North Shore in a minute. But if he does break the record this weekend. That's going to be quite an accomplishment, given David Amador at quarterback in North Shore. But we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Did you have a uh, uh, no? I mean, I could, but you, no, please, because I'll just ask all day. That's okay. Uh, well, okay, one more uh, Judson Crockett. You know, he's been around. You know, what's so crazy? And I think I still say, y'all, Westlake twenty four. Watch out. Um, but Justin Crockett, uh, a block punt. He's another quiet guy, right. but a monster. You talk a little bit about four. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Judson's back there as our free safety. In, in our defense, our free safety is our high safety to the field, passing strength most of the time. Uh, he's our quarterback on defense, so a lot of the secondary calls go through Judson Crockett. So he has to be the most familiar with the game plan of anybody in our defense besides our Mike, line, Mike and Will linebacker. And so we spent a lot of time together in the film room. Him and Coach Jones, my defensive coordinator, Coach Mullins, our secondary coach, um, those two guys, you know, there's plenty of time there in the film room, chopping it up, watching film during lunch, watching film during off periods. Uh, and obviously that amazing punt block that Judson had last week. I mean, it was a, um, most people don't know this, but it was a kind of a, uh, a quarterback. They, they hard counted us on a fourth down, tried to get a jump off size. We didn't jump. Then they shifted back into a punt formation with their offensive personnel. Well, the receiver that, uh, was on offense, we knew was also the punter. So when he shifted, we shifted. And we brought our free safety from the front side, play side A-gap. Um, it would be our right defensive A-gap because he was a left-footed punter. And we practiced all week long of, of working out exactly like it did. And uh, Crockett, I mean, full complete, 180, parallel to the ground, laid out, took it off the foot. You know, and we give the ball to the offense right there on the front porch uh, of the end zone. And so that was uh, a big-time football play in that moment. Uh, but it was even more impressive because we executed it in the moment. You know, it's one of those things that you're trying to play the play. It's fourth down. Don't get a play run on you. Don't get a fake run on you. Be ready to line up and play. Then all of a sudden, oh, no, they shifted the punt. Let's execute this real fast, real fast, real fast. And they did. And obviously it made a big-time play. That's where you feel like, you're, as a coach, you're rewarded. Right. Because you see how the guys took – the instruction to be able to adjust like that on the fly and come up with a huge, uh, a huge game-changing or game-breaking play. Coaching and film study, you know, and those guys, um, it leads to plays like that, you know, in big-time games. And obviously, Judson came up with the big one, and I mentioned some of the ones earlier, the interceptions, and obviously, 
Skinner throwing the ball last week was obviously uh, a sight that was was beautiful to see because those receivers were wide open and he got the ball to him and we ran and scored. Uh, l- let's talk about some offense. Uh, you you said right here in the studio last week. You said it uh, Friday night when, when uh, Aaron Hardigan asked you Saturday night uh, asked you about it uh, with regard to the quarterback thing. You said both of our guys prepared during the week with the understanding that whoever starts. If things aren't going the way you want, the other one goes in. The one who was starting understands it. They come out. There's a there's a synergy there between Paxton Land and Brett Skinner, as well as your offensive coaching staff. That hey, if you make a change, you make a change. Trying to get something that and it's worked for you the last uh, couple of ball games with what you've done. Yeah, I mean we're blessed to have two great quarterbacks that obviously have uh, started multiple games for us at Westlake this year, and uh, we've learned this uh, obviously through through the years of being here that. Um, you need more than one quarterback to win a state championship. And uh, I think every single year, but maybe one, did we you know, end up start the season with the same quarterback that we ended the season with. Uh, and so, you know, that's always been – that's in our game plan to make sure we have all of our quarterbacks ready to be Friday night ready, to be game ready. Uh, it could be something as simple as these days of age waking up with the flu that's going around right now. You never know. And, and uh, you have to be ready as the quarterback position to, to play all the snaps. And both those guys know that. They both know that it's going to take two, two phases of this thing, a preparation during the week. Then, obviously, you got to put that preparation to work and get results on Saturday. And if we don't get the results that we want, there's another guy right there that's been right there hip and hip and had the same amount of reps, and that guy's going to get an opportunity to go in there and make a play and try to get this thing lit and some, some fire under everybody else's you know rear ends and get this offense moving. And, and I think uh, Brett did an awesome job of that last week. And sometimes uh, when when you have to make a, a a decision as a coaching staff, one guy might look a little bit better in practice and say maybe he's better suited to start it. But both quarterbacks and the staff know that depending on how the game unfolds, you could go ahead and make the decision to make the change. Yeah, and I think it's both those guys give our team you know confidence to, to for either one of them to be playing. And I think that's the that's the ultimate compliment for both those guys is no matter who's in the game, the rest you don't see any type of. You know, a lip out or questioning as to why is this guy quarterback? Why is that guy quarterback? It doesn't matter to the other 10 on the field. All they know is it's our job to go do our job. The quarterback will get us the football. The quarterback will run the offense. Coach Rogers, our offensive coordinator, has done a masterful job of that for 14 games of, of you know, of balancing two quarterbacks and of having two quarterbacks ready. Um, and so I, hats off to him because he's, he's uh, managed those guys. Those guys believe in him. He believes in, in both our quarterbacks. And obviously our football team believes in them. And we only got, uh, as I told them today, we have hopefully eight quarters of football left. And uh, between those two quarterbacks, we're going to get eight quarters uh, worth of good, good football. Which leads us to the state semifinal as we visit with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales here. Uh, Galena Park North Shore is uh, just as your team has been, your program. I think it's, it's very poignant that these have been, both of these programs, on equal footing, the standard bearers, for 6A football. Uh, here's North Shore that's won three out of four state championships. They've won four in the last seven years. Uh, your program now has is, is won three in a row, going for four, four in a row. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing to think at the incredible level that both of these programs continue to compete year in, year out, and finally back on that collision course uh, for the uh, for the first time that uh, you've had a chance to see him in three years. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, uh, Coach Coach K is an outstanding coach, one of the most premier high school coaches in the state of Texas. 
obviously, to win that many championships and play that many championship games, you're doing something right. And I think the biggest compliment I can probably give to, to North Shore is that um, they're probably the most disciplined football team we've ever played. And that's really in all of our years here at Westlake. And speaking for myself, I think of in my time of coaching high school football, uh, the most disciplined football team will play. And uh, we're not going to get those luxuries of getting holding penalties. We're not going to get the luxuries of getting a late hit. We're not going to get the luxury of jumping, having them jump off sides on a fourth and one. We're not going to get the opportunity to, for them to jump off sides you know, on a, on a field goal. Um, they're not going to do that. They're going to make you earn every single thing that you get. And, and our kids understand that, and they wouldn't want it any other way. They know that these last two football games – have to be played to win a championship. they got to be championship-level performances. Uh, and so that's no different. And obviously they have some ser- serious talent in their football team, um, but uh, so do we. And uh, that's what the message to our boys has been. has been, hey, they're state champions, but so are we. Hey, they're 14-0, but so are we. Hey, we sco- they've scored a lot of points, we've scored more. Hey, they've given up very few points on defense, we've given up less. And so as these things line up, and we obviously have some tape to go back from previous years to show our kids what type of effort it takes in these type of games. And we popped on that 2020 tape, you know, the last two days Mm -hmm. we've been watching with our kids. And, I mean, there's broken bones and broken legs and broken ribs and broken toes and broken fingers and guys that are fighting through those things, all right, to win that football game for each other. And this year is going to be no different. It's going to be let it all hang out, all right, um, hair on fire, but you got to play, obviously, discipline, and ex- you got to execute in the, in the football game because they're going to make you do that. And so it's matching their intensity and physicality, which we think we can do, but it's also having to execute at that high level as well. One of the things that I find uh, fascinating about this program at, at North Shore, having called their three state titles over the last four years, is that when Coach K – has made, just like what you've done in, in your staff, when they've had to make a hard decision to make a switch, whether it's an offensive player or a defensive player, whatever, not only did they say we've got to do it and do it, but the decision paid off. I mean, you can go back to when Zach Evans was the running back there in 19, and I think it's been well chronicled what happened there. They were a defending state champion, uh, had beaten Duncanville on the Hail Mary the year before. They come in. And the night before, the young man refused to do what the rest of his teammates did, was to hand over his cell phone overnight so they didn't have it. And uh, here's a guy who had had, you know, uh, uh, I think close to 2,000 rushing yards. And Coach K said, I'm sorry, this is, this is the rule of the program. If you can't go by this, you can't be here. And then he refused to give the phone. They sent him home. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and, and largely dominate the game against Duncanville, and they win, they win a state championship. This year... He has he had tremendous quarterback in Caleb Bailey, who as a freshman led him to a state title. He gets hurt about the fifth game of the year. Uh, the last three weeks he has dressed out, but has been on headset, and it is a they they don't believe that that the knee injury requires surgery, but he's unavailable to go and has been unavailable. So they move a wide receiver, David Amador into the quarterback spot. He's lit it up at quarterback. When he had a sore shoulder, they moved him back out to receiver, brought their outstanding safety, Evan Jackson, around the quarterback. He's able to make it work well enough. They go back to Amador last week. He runs for 140 and passes for about that many as well. It's I guess part of that is kids in the program, coaches uh, not hesitating to make the tough call when you have to make it to do that. And I've seen it with both of your programs, which I just find fascinating. Yeah, and that's I think it's a buy-in, obviously, by the kids. It's the kids understanding that things, when adversity hits, what it, how do you react? 
And I think championship teams and championship programs react just like Westlake and North Shore have. The next guy is ready to go in and do a job. We need to change. Let's change. and let's, let's be the best. This makes us better. Let's do it because it makes us better. And I think there's nobody ever questioning those moves. All it is is, all right, this is how we're going to win now. Let's go win this way. And I think both teams have shown their, the ability to do that. I think it's a great testament, like I said, to the players, uh, believing in the coaches, uh, believing in the culture, believing in all right, each other. That, um, you know, if it's my turn to be the next guy, I better be ready. And there's going to be no more, all right, worse feeling. I tell our guys that if you are the next guy and that opportunity does come for you to be in the football game and you are not ready for that moment, how are you going to feel then, all right, to your teammates, okay, at that moment? When going up into that week of preparation, maybe you could have prepared better. You could have prepared with a better mindset. You could prepare with more film study. You could have been ready for the moment, and when it happened, your teammates were sitting there waiting for you ready, all right? And then you did it. And now you're the hero of the football team. And we got plenty of those stories through our time. I mean, I think in two of the last three state championship games, there's been a couple of guys that have had their first starts of the season in state championship games. And in and, and two of those, um, they end up being like the most productive player on offense and defense. I mean, so talk about being ready. Not only are you there, you know, you're making the most plays. And last week you weren't starting or you didn't play last week. So I think that is um, the culture at Westlake that we have, and I'm sure it's pretty similar to, uh, at North Shore that, hey, coach, this is what you say we need to do to win? All right, let's do it. Uh, at our place, when, when coaches say something, it, it's not a suggestion. It, it's, a, it's a directive, right, and go get it done. Here's what we need to do. Yes, sir, we'll get it done. And it's not, well, maybe if we do this or maybe tweak it a little bit there, that'll work. There's no questions asked. They believe in our coaching staff. Coaching staff believes in them. And obviously, we're going to put the best players on the field to try to win. Uh, how about your impressions on the two running backs, Johnson and Hardeman, and what you have to do defensively? I mean, just, uh, you know, thunder and lightning. Uh, you know, one of them's really, really got a bunch, a little shorter stature, uh, but thicker legs, probably over 200 pounds. I would say 205, mm-hmm. 210, somewhere in there. Um, you know, he's very, very talented. They just run so darn hard with the football. Um, you know, when you see the tape, there's not many solo tackles on these guys. There's not many guys that can hit those guys, strike them, and put them on the ground. Um, it's going to be a team effort of tackling and running to the ball. And then you get uh, 28 in the football game. He, he's the faster of the two. Uh, it's where it's a, a good change up of speed for them. Uh, so they're both very, very talented. Both have, you know, out, outstanding stats and runs on tape that we've seen and shown our kids. And they both obviously can, you know, present a lot of problems for us. Uh, but the name of the game on defense is, is tackling, tackling and turnovers. And that's what I told our kids. Scheme is going to be scheme. We're going to be in the right spot. They're going to know we're, we're lined up most of the time. We're going to know how to get lined up. It's going to be a matter of can you tackle, all right, when the football play, you know, starts. Uh, can you create turnovers and find ways off the field? Similar to what we did last week on defense with five turnovers, three picks, two turnovers on downs. Find a way to get off the field. They're going to have some yards. They are talented. Um, they've got skilled kids that anybody in the state of Texas would take right now. I can promise you that uh, on their football team. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but I think one our kids are up for. Uh, I anticipate seeing a bunch of white jerseys flying to the football and trying to get there with bad intentions. Uh, so, yep, we got our hands full with the North Shore running game, and we hadn't even talked about number eight, David Amador, running the ball yet. <laughs> oh, no. He had 141 rushing yeah. yards from the quarterback spot a week ago. If, if And I know there's more than just one player to defend, but mm-hmm. if there is a keynote player to have to be able to contain, it's him, isn't it? It's him. There's no doubt. I, I think, obviously, tackling the running back is 
I think it's to be expected, but I think it all runs through David Amador. I think uh, when there's a play that has to be made, I think uh, Coach K is going to put the ball in number eight's hands and let him go try to make a play. And once again, I think everybody that's played them has known that, uh, yet he still continues to make plays. So obviously it's that means he's a tremendous high school football player. Uh, I think he's committed to UTSA. Coach Trailer, I talked to him earlier in the week. I told him, man, you got a heck of a football player there, man. He's a great, great football player. And we saw he played against us as a sophomore receiver. So we know what his athletic skill set is. And then you see the tape, and you see that after about two plays, you know, <laughs> that he's so talented. The, the, the thing, that, the, the stat that boggles the mind, Snoop, you, you'll love a stat like this. Yeah. David Amador is the only player in the state of Texas, at least at the 6A level, the only player who has a 300-yard passing game, a 200-yard receiving game, and a 100-yard rushing game in the same season. Mm-hmm. So it's that's, that tells you what an all-purpose guy is. Final thing here, uh, folks have asked about this, and we've talked about this before, the whole process of deciding on a site to where you play. Right. And and you, you stop me if I'm wrong on this. The, the process basically involves one of three avenues. Either you agree on a neutral site, or you flip home and home, or you flip the neutral home thing, and by flip, that's the old way when you used to drive 100 miles and meet up with another coach and actually flip a coin in a truck stop or a diner, but you do what I call the zip code derby, where you get a coaching guide and and one coach calls out the name of any random town or high school in the state, and the other coach immediately has to answer odd or even, and you go and, what, look at the last digit in the zip code to see if it's odd or even? Yeah, that typically happens, you know, most rounds going into, you know, deciding which venue you're going to play at. Uh, this this round was a little different. Um, being that the four regional finalists, Atascacita, North Shore, and Region 3, and then Brennan and, and Westlake in Region 4 were kind of spread out. Atascacita and North Shore side by side, but Brennan and, and Austin obviously are not. And so a, a common neutral area was very, very hard to come about. Um, there was some suggestions of Prairie View A and M. There was a suggestion of uh, of Kyle Field. Um, Houston teams didn't want to play at Kyle Field, so there you go. I mean, it's simple as you can trump it with your one vote. It's not a four way consensus. So to have four teams all agree to you know circumstances that uh, are best for their programs, it gets difficult at this this stage, uh, and having to prepare and plan a week out always does as well. These stadiums want guarantees. They want to know they're holding your spot all right, for you regardless of who wins and who loses. Out of these four teams, these two, are, the winners are going to play. Well, once again, that's hard to get a, a four-way consensus. Uh, the neutral field kind of thing kind of fell through, so we went home neutral, home neutral. Uh, we ended up kind of partnering up, Westlake did, with San Antonio Brennan, and we, we threw out San, the Alamo Dome as our home neutral site. Um, and then Atascacita and North Shore kind of partnered up and uh, decided to put up Rice as their home neutral site. And we actually, believe it or not, went old school and did flip a coin. Uh, we just did it kind of via FaceTime. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we were sitting there on a Zoom. We had a Zoom meeting with athletic directors and head coaches all involved. We had a stare-down match for about, you know, about, <laughs> I said about four days. We're sitting there looking at each other. Nobody wanted to blink concede, you know, a spot or, you know, a home or visitor or anything else. And so we finally had to sit down, you know, and, and knock out some details. And it ended up just pretty much saying, hey, heads um, is Region 3 and tails is Region 4. If it lands on Region 3, we're playing at, the, at Rice, and they're the home team, whoever wins that game. And if it lands on tails – we're playing the Alamo Dome, and you know Region Four be the home team, and that's unfortunately, obviously, you know, uh, didn't win the flip, and so obviously we're going down to Houston, and it doesn't matter our kids at Westlake. I think 
the general public puts a whole lot more emphasis on where we're playing the game like it uh, like it affects them you know and it's it's about these boys it's about these kids that are playing the game they're the ones that are doing the work they're the ones that were in their field house at 5:30 this morning watching special teams they're the ones that had position meetings at 5:50 they're the ones that just practice from 6:15 to 8 o'clock they're the ones going to do the same thing tomorrow. They're the ones that are going to spend their lunch break watching film. They're the ones that are going to go home tonight and take care of their bodies because they got a big, big, big game this week, and they got practice in the morning. So those are the ones that obviously, you know, truly drive time. Invested. Yeah, truly invested. Those are the ones that matters to. And those kids, all they think about it is, oh, we're going to give them a great breakfast in the morning. They're going to sleep for a good little two-hour nap on the way down to Houston. We'll get up, we'll eat as a team meal, and we'll be right back into where we, we, we normally are on game day. Luby stop on the way? Luby stop. There's a Luby's in Houston, everybody. It's about 15 <laughs> minutes away, so uh, everything is good. As long as there's still Luby's in the town we're headed to, I think, uh, you know, hopefully the football gods are with the Chaparrales. We'll look forward to it. It's also uh, being televised on KBVO uh, Saturday afternoon at 3, for those of you who can't make the trip down there. It's always great to see you. We wish you the best yep. of luck, and we'll look forward to visiting next week. Thanks so much, guys. All right, that's Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. Coming up, we'll have Inconceivable when we continue to light the tower on the horn. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes Woo! by Auburn. And I'm Erin Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about You know what is conceivable? Uh, it's like Concordia Kevin just said. He said, Coach Salazar is a great interview. No wonder Westlake is so good. Remember, Todd Dodge before him was outstanding. Uh, you know, those guys have, uh, have been a lot of fun to, to visit with during the course. And the same thing with Drew Sanders at Vandegrift, and we're going to visit with him tomorrow, our weekly conversation with the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. Also tomorrow, because we couldn't do it yesterday with me being in New York and Jeff in New York as well, and we had the release of uh, the finalists for the All-Flex team, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, will join us tomorrow uh, in the 11 o'clock hour for a preview of the state semifinals. All right, on to Inconceivable. And um, Snoop, a couple of questions for you here. Uh, first of all, there's the baseball one with regard to Aaron Judge. Now, did you hear how the whole rumor mill thing, how it all rolled out yesterday and last night? Is he leaving? He's not leaving. He's not leaving. Aaron Judge uh, was